Hello, this is Yusra from newslaundry.com bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Monday, the 1st of November. India reported 12,514 new COVID-19 cases on Monday, taking the total tally of infections in the country to 3.43 crore since the outbreak of the pandemic in January last year. The death toll rose by 251 deaths in the past 24 hours, taking the total official count of fatalities to 4.58 lakh. For the first time since mid-February this year, India's weekly case count has fallen below the six-figure mark. India has reported less than 1 lakh fresh cases of COVID-19 in the week ending Sunday, recording a drop of 11% from the total in the previous 7 days. The country has administered more than 106 crore doses of the coronavirus vaccine so far. According to a statement from the Prime Minister's office, Narendra Modi will hold a review meeting with the administration of over 40 districts that have less than 50% coverage of first COVID-19 vaccine shot or low second dose coverage. The meeting is set to take place on Wednesday after Modi returns from the G20 summit and the Conference of Parties or COP26. After being shut down for 6 months because of the coronavirus pandemic, local train services in West Bengal resumed on Sunday, reported the Indian Express. However, many COVID-19 protocols were violated as travelers were seen without masks and compartments packed with passengers. In Delhi, schools reopened for all classes with 50% capacity today on Monday, reported ANI. Kerala also resumed classes after 18 months today on 1st November in a spaced out fashion, starting with classes 1 to 7 and classes 10 and 12 with COVID-19 norms in place. According to a Times of India report, Australia will recognize India-made co-vaccine apart from Covishield, thereby allowing those vaccinated with both co-vaccine and Covishield entry into the continent as per the stipulated COVID-19 rules. aiding the return of international students and foreign workers according to a report in the pti the leaders of the g20 group indicated that they were against the premature withdrawal of support measures started by various countries to boost the coronavirus hit economy the coronavirus has infected over 24.66 crore people in the world and caused more than 49.99 lakh deaths since the pandemic broke out in december 2019 according to johns hopkins university Protesting farmer leader Rakesh Tikkat on Monday set a deadline of November 26th for the central government to repeal the three contentious farm laws, warning the escalation of protests in case of the government failing to accede to their demand. Scroll reported. Tikkat tweeted that the central government has time till November 26th. After that, from November 27th, farmers will reach the border protest sites around Delhi by tractors from villages and strengthen the area with solid fortifications. 26 November marks one year of the farmers protests at Singhu, Tikri and Ghazipur, the protesting sites at Delhi's borders. On Sunday, Tikkat had cautioned the center of consequences if protesters were forcefully removed from the borders. He said on Twitter that they would turn government offices into grain markets in the event of any forceful eviction of farmers from the protesting sites at the borders. The three controversial farm laws were passed in September 2020 inciting a farmers protest that has continued since. Thousands of farmers have been protesting against the laws and demanding their withdrawal at Delhi borders since November last year and many have lost their lives. While the union government has claimed that the new laws are aimed at making farming more profitable, farmers fear corporate dominance. 
In view of the protests, the Supreme Court suspended the implementation of the farm laws in January 2021. ANI reported six positive cases of the Zika virus in Uttar Pradesh's Kanpur district on Sunday. According to Kanpur's chief medical officer, Dr. Nepal Singh, the tally of cases in the district has now risen to 10, Scroll reported. Of the 10 confirmed cases, Three patients are Indian Air Force personnel and the remaining seven are all civilians, according to a Hindustan Times report. The patients will remain under supervision for 14 days and the area within a 3-kilometre radius of a patient's location will be screened. According to the World Health Organization, the Zika virus is transmitted primarily by the Aedes mosquito, which bites during the day and can also be sexually transmitted. Symptoms of the infection include fever, rashes, headache and joint pain. The National Vector Bone Disease Control Programme has collected and sent at least 600 samples of close contacts of the 10 Zika patients to King George's Medical University for testing. A team from the central government has also collected samples from Edie's mosquitoes in Kanpur to be sent to the National Institute of Malaria Research for testing. On Monday, the State Health Department found Zika larva in a park across the street in Shyamnagar in Kanpur, where one of the patients was found. 117 such mosquito breeding points have been identified and destroyed in 10 localities, according to the Kanpur Chief Medical Officer, and 50 malaria control teams are constantly looking out for such points for source reduction. According to the scroll report, data till October 31st shows that mosquito larva breeding was detected in 296 houses of the 12,729 households surveyed. Chief Minister Adityanath, in a high-level meeting in Lucknow on Sunday, asked the health department to curb the spread of the disease, the New Indian Express reported. Cases of the Zika virus have also been reported from the states of Maharashtra and Kerala earlier this year. After skipping summons from the Enforcement Directorate multiple times in a money laundering case, Congress party leader Anil Deshmukh appeared before the agency today on Monday, Scroll reported. The Enforcement Directorate is to record his statements in a case of alleged extortion registered under the Prevention of Money Laundering Act. The agency had previously issued five summons till August 18th, but he did not appear for questioning until today. Deshmukh was publicly accused in March by former Mumbai Police Commissioner Parambir Singh of coercing police officers to extort money on his behalf from the owners of bars and restaurants in the city. The former minister repeatedly denied the accusations but resigned from the state cabinet on April 5th after the Bombay High Court directed the Central Bureau of Investigation to conduct a preliminary inquiry against him. The High Court rejected his plea to cancel the summons against him on the 29th of October, also stating that it would not stop the central agency from arresting him. Deshmukh said on Monday that the media wrongly reported that he was not cooperating with the Enforcement Directorate, citing the cooperation of his family and staff when the agency raided his house and other establishments. Deshmukh also claimed that Singh's accusation against him came after he was transferred from the post of Mumbai Police Chief. The Enforcement Directorate has claimed that more than Rs 4 crore collected from bar owners between December and February was routed to Deshmukh's charitable trust in Nagpur through four shell companies in Delhi. According to official government data, the goods and services tax collection for the month of October rose to Rs 1,30,127 crore from 1,17,010 crore in September, Scroll reported. 
This monthly collection for October is the second highest collection since the new tax regime was implemented in June 2017. The highest collection was recorded in April of over 1.41 lakh crore. October was also the fourth consecutive month when GST collections crossed the rupees 1 lakh crore mark. According to the Finance Ministry, of the total October collection, rupees 23,861 crore came from the central GST, rupees 30,421 crore came as state GST. Integrated GST collections accounted for rupees 67,361 crore including Rs. 32,998 crore collected on import of goods and the cess comprised of Rs. 8,484 crore. Aditi Nair, the Chief Economist at the Investment Information and Credit Rating Agency of India Limited, or ICRA, said that the pickup in GST collections was indicative of pre-festive season stocking among consumers as well as better compliance from taxpayers, reported Money Control. She added that November could also anticipate a monthly collection ranging from Rs 1.25 lakh to Rs 1.35 lakh crore. Speaking of GST, News Laundry published a report this month by Chintal Patel titled GST Compensation is Nirmala Sitaraman's new plan a looming crisis for some states. The report analyzes two recent announcements related to GST made by Finance Minister Nirmala Sitaraman and its consequent repercussions on state revenue and finance. If you believe in such public interest journalism, then make sure you click on that subscribe button on the top right-hand corner while you're on our website and become a paying subscriber. This Diwali, be the light of change and support independent media. We also have some really cool Diwali hampers this year that you can consider buying or gifting and proudly claim to be part of the tribe that keeps independent media alive. At the G20 summit that ended on Sunday, world leaders failed to arrive at a time-bound agreement on climate change, reported the Hindu. The G20 is an intergovernmental forum of 19 countries and the European Union. It is a leading global forum that brings together the world's major economies, accounting for 80% of the global GDP and 75% of global trade. In its first in-person meet in two years, climate change was one of the main agendas on the table. Despite its pledged action against dirty coal plants, leaders fell short on a time-bound target for zero emissions. G20 leaders agreed to end international financing for new coal plants by 2021 end though they did not make any commitments on a domestic level on ending the use of the fuel for power generation. The forum also reaffirmed its commitment to providing $100 billion to help developing countries meet their clean energy targets. However, according to a report in The Guardian, instead of setting a clear 2050 date that activists and summit host Italy were hoping for, the final statement by G20 just mentioned the key relevance of achieving global net zero on carbon emissions by or around mid-century. India's representative at the event, Union Commerce Minister Piyush Goyal, said in a media briefing that New Delhi needs a large sum of money to set up nuclear plants to cut down on its coal usage. Other than its pledged action against climate change, the forum also promised vaccine equality to tackle the COVID-19 pandemic. According to a Reuters report, the G20 leaders agreed to ensure that 70% of the world population is fully vaccinated against the coronavirus disease by mid-2022. 
The countries present agreed that the coronavirus immunization is a global public good and the COVID-19 vaccines, which are deemed safe by the World Health Organization, should be accepted mutually considering the laws of respective countries. The leaders also decided to form a joint task force to tackle the pandemic. The new body was set up because they said that the pandemic had exposed significant shortcomings in the world's ability to coordinate its response during a global crisis. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe from the din of disinformation and come back for your daily dose tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel.